0: Fun Crazy, not Creepy Crazy, on The Riley and Kimmy Show.
1: The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you will know.
2: The Riley and Kimmy Show! And welcome to this episode number 1005, a Tuesday edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! Hello everybody!
3: Hello everybody! everybody, 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 everybody.
2: (laughs) Hi, Hi! Hi, I am your host, Patrick Riley.
3: Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy three very sane spectators
2: and Kimmy is one of those sane spectators welcome to the episode Kimmy why thank you (laughs) and how are you
0: I'm doing okay
2: that's good are you getting energized and ready for this upcoming weekend of course this Saturday Mm -hmm. we're going to be out and about and I hope every nerd and geek and freak in central Florida can come out to Lake Collecticon come out come out Wherever you are. That's right. Lake Collecticon, Mount Door is where we will be. This is a place for uh, comic books, sports memorabilia, Hollywood, and toys and collectibles and things like that. Buying, selling, and trading will be happening all at Lake Collecticon. If you're looking to get some uh, comic books for your collection, this is a place to go. If you're looking to sell your comic book collection, this is the place to go. If you're looking for some lunchboxes, toys and things like that, eh, this is the place to go and even autographs and things like that. I think there will be an autograph person there. I just have a strong feeling Kimmy. Mm-hmm. I think you know who I'm talking about. I do. I think yeah, I think he, I think you'll be there. And there's also celebrities, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. Hollywood on hand. Lana Wood will be there, sister to Natalie Wood is at Mount Dora's Lake Collecticon. I'm sure she has some stories to tell, especially about maybe uh, you know, being on the set of a James Bond movie and being a, a Bond girl. She I, I know she has a lot of things to talk about. Mm. And other celebrities too, including from the comic book world, George Perez will be there. Be able to get something signed by George Perez. George is sketching, by the way, too, so be sure to get to Lake Collecticon early. Doors open at 10 o'clock, runs till 4, and I'm not kidding about that. Uh, There could be lines. I'm not talking about the, you know, the gigantic lines like at a at a a very huge three-day convention in a major metropolitan area. No, but I'm talking about some lines. So you don't want to be, uh, you know, cut off. You don't want to miss out on, you know, uh, meeting George. So get there early, starting at 10. This will be a more intimate setting to meet George than some of the other locations I was kind of referring to, those big three-day type cons. And once again, starting at 10 o'clock, that is when you can meet George Perez. Other, I'm going to call him royalty, other comic book royalty... Is Chad Thomas, known for his work on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he is a cartoonist. That's what he calls himself. You can find out why, too. By the way, we have an interview just uh, uh, that we did, you know, earlier uh, with Chad. You can find out why he calls himself that. That's available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Also, Rob Gilry, known for Chew. Uh, creation of co creator of Chew and has done some beautiful other work as well. Will be on hand too. He loves to talk about comic books, one of the nicest guys you could ever meet on planet Earth. And we have a previous interview with him as well available on our website at rileyandkimmy.com. The madman will be in the house. That is artist Chris King. He's there bringing his gigantic paintings. He is a painter. He's also, on, uh, he does uh, sketching and things like that as well, but he's known for his paintings. He has his five foot by 40s. He'll be there, and there's a beautiful illustrator. I, I think that's what he calls himself. Maybe we can find out in a little bit. That is John Pinto. John Pinto will be there. We have oh, just a ton of his work. In our studios and throughout our Batcave. Nathan Zerti, who we have as well. Uh, a beautiful pinup artist and uh, just has gorgeous work. He's there. Uh, H- artist Humphrey Ching is there as well. If you love Batman, y- you've got to check out Humphrey Ching. Those are just some. There are more that will be there on hand. Including former Marvel editor and Malibu comics editor, writer, and a brother from another mother—that is, Roland Man—will be there as well. That's just—that's just some of the guest list at Lake Collecticon, Kimmy. Mm, I know. Just a just a ton of ton of uh, fun uh, there, people to meet. Also, a cosplay contest, $100 participation prizes. Uh, adult category. Let's see, that's for 16 and above. Kids category, 15 and under. They have a preview to the, uh, the the contest at two o'clock, and then they have a parade as well. i'm I'm not kidding a parade that goes in the convention. It's mm-hmm. it's very unique. And the show promoter just loves to, like the, uh, you know, right up front there. He mm-hmm. needs to be in a cheerleader kind of out needs there with to a have baton. a baton. Yeah. yeah, 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 he needs that. Auctions and raffles going on, Stan Lee, Marvel autographed, also George Perez sketch item, Jason Fabach, Batman poster. Adam West, Batman Autograph, and much more available. This is a fun event for the entire family. Please check out more about Lake Collecticon at lakecollecticon.com. And not that long ago, or maybe it's been a little while, I, I can't remember exactly when this happened. might have been the last Lake Collecticon. We spoke with, well, he's been on the show before too, even after that. But we had an interview where he talks about his uh, his background, how he got into illustrating, into drawing. And getting into uh, being at conventions and that is with artist John Pinto he spared us a few moments of time and he talked with us about the world of comics and the art so let's do a interview rewind here on the Riley and Kimmy show and then after that we're gonna be testing Kimmy's knowledge in the world of nerdum. that's right the world of geekdom the world of pop culture here's our rewind interview with John Pinto on the Riley and Kimmy show continuing my journey down artist alley I have the pleasure of being in front of one of my favorite artists, and that is John Pinto here at Lake Collecticon. John, how has the day been going?
4: Oh, it's a fun day. It's I always like the small shows. You get to talk to people a little bit more often. You get to interact with uh, the celebs if they're here. It's uh, you know it's a little slower pace, but I, I like that. Plus, I, I like the not a garage sale aspect but not everything's like new like you'll add a to Toys R Us at some modern conventions you know I like the the old no. stuff.
2: I always find the shows like this better because I can actually look at the product easier does it yeah. work that way for you for people I mean the bigger shows is it harder for them to see your stuff because there's so many people moving in the aisles and there's like you know this this massive herd moving through.
4: Oh yeah absolutely yeah and and yeah that's part of it because you could stop and take a look and actually absorb everything you're seeing it's not a a fight, a big show sometimes it sounds uh, I don't know I don't want to sound egotistical but if you have too many people at your table you'll see people in the back trying to wait their turn to come up to the table will give up and just walk away and I don't feel bad that uh, I lost money, I'm feeling bad that they didn't get a chance You know, there's and there's so much else to see, It's a lot of competition but uh, yeah I, li- I like the slower pace of, of the hotel show I, this is the kind of show i grew up going to we didn't have mega conventions when i was a kid so this is more my speed yeah it's the
2: same as like what i started with toy shows and yeah. you know, and they were not really toy comic book they were separate you know right. and Back that's then they were yeah,
4: yeah. And, and you'd see like the major creators at those shows too like the guys who designed the toys i remember going to see certain shows the people who designed gi joe and and whatnot uh my friend's grandfather, growing up, was a, used to be a comic book artist in the '40s for Marvel Comics, and then worked for GI Joe. He designed a lot of the oh. GI Joe when GI Joe was a foot tall, you know, with kung fu grip. And that's the only thing I collect. Right? Yeah, those. So he was a designer. Did the. The, the base and the, the jeep and and all that stuff. So always oh. went to Brian's house to play with his toys because he had everything from Grandpa.
2: Oh <laughs> man, that is, that is so cool! And see, you know the twelve-inch Joes because when I mentioned I collect, I collect GI Joes and people are like, uh, you know, I go, no, not those little right. guys. I go, that, that's not a GI Joe, that's mini Joe. You know?
4: Right. No, I'm old enough to remember the big ones. Uh, I, I still have one on my shelf.
2: You too? Yeah, okay. I see, all I right. wish it
4: was the one I had as a kid. Unfortunately, Mom gave that away to the church bazaar when I you know when people do
2: what is your influence who 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 made John Pinto or gave you that spark was was there artistically yeah artistically what who out there
4: Uh, the biggest one I could point to is George Perez he's the reason why I wanted to become an artist he was the first person when I read comic books that I recognized hey this is the same guy who drew that Wow! and I noticed his name in the credits and this is back when he did the Avengers and Fantastic Four long before Teen Titans and crisis and stuff. So it was, uh, yeah. He was the biggest influence of me to pick up a pencil and start drawing. And then as I got older and, and uh, expanded my worldview, you know, there was Norman Rockwell and J.C. Leindecker and Bill Sienkiewicz. It's still some comic book artists, George Perez and Frank Miller. Wow. Uh, I don't, know, I don't know if I can name all the influences. Everybody has something to offer.
2: Then they became you because you burst sure. all into yeah.
4: you. I mean, every artist is more like a stew. It's all the, the culmination of what you pick and out of other artists that influence you. I can't draw exactly like them or paint exactly like them, but what's the one thing I can take away and add to my repertoire as well? And then it's just bits and pieces. Yeah, that's...
2: Well, your, your work is beautiful. I said before we hit the recorder, you remind me of Norman Rockwell and maybe Alex Ross. You give him a good run for his money, in my opinion. I mean, I love your stuff. I have a whole John Pinto wall in our uh, Bat Cave. And just not to put you on the spot here, but two of your two of the pieces I do have on the wall, or three of them. I'm just going to ask about one of them here. I'm going to pick, uh, let's say, the $6 million man one with Lindsay and the $6 million man and Oscar Goldman. How long did it take you from in your head to get this to where it was available for the public?
4: Well, uh, oddly enough, that one only had Lindsay and um, Lee Majors on it originally. And then when... A separate convention, the Fanboy in Tampa convention came and Richard Anderson was going to be there, Oscar Goldman. Uh, I saw the promoter for that show at a different show and he told me and I said, oh, I could revise this and add him. And he said, that'd be great. So that's what I did. So there was a gap. Between
2: okay, all right, two
4: not, two and the third,
2: not fair. Then I'll ask a different okay. one. Ready? All right, because I collect Adam West. I collect okay. sixty six Batman. How long for the bat dance, Adam West?
4: Uh, about six hours. What? Are you kidding? Yeah. Well, that one's that one's kind of a simple one because it's it's really just Batman with with a half tone background. So it takes me on average about four hours of portrait. So you know, the, that I, one was. Uh, I, it's not overly complex. I, it's Batman.
2: I, I'm looking at your supernatural one here, which I do have on one of our walls. And my question is, is this painted? I mean, is that how you did this, this look? Or can you reveal how you got that look?
4: No, it's it's not a trade secret. Yeah, I consider it painted. Um, I, I know there's naysayers out there, but just because it's painted digitally, I don't feel it's any less painted. My method is still the same. I mean, it still takes drawing line, form, composition, whether you're using watercolor or oils, digital is no different. It just gives me the safety net of having an undo or working layers, but it allows for some trickery, which when used effectively can add to the piece. But I always like them to look organic and tangible, even though they are digital pieces.
2: I mean, it's beautiful, all of it. Your Adam West, everything I can name. Your Star Wars pieces, Flash. And I encourage people to check out your website, your social media. I'll have links to that on our page. And get some art. It's the holiday season. I think that's probably the best gift you can give is a piece of art, right?
4: Absolutely. I fully endorse that.
2: And do you, And I would assume you encourage people, if they have children, to
4: let them draw, right? Yeah, every kid draws. Just some of us never stopped.
2: And don't you think maybe a little bit is also the encouragement? You obviously had somebody either didn't stop you, or they encourage you. Isn't that maybe one of the things, too, where somebody says, hey, that's kind of good. Keep going, you know, the encouragement part, yeah, right? Uh,
4: yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, I have some of those original drawings my mom was uh, fortunate enough to save for me that really spurred on their the knowledge that they saw. They said, oh, he's pretty good at this. Let's, let's keep, keep him going.
2: Uh, it was great talking to John Pinto, wasn't it, Kimmy? Oh, yes. And you can see him this Saturday starting at 10 o'clock at Lake Collecticon in Mount Dora, Florida. This is a local convention ran by somebody right in the city of Mount Dora. This is not some outsider coming into the area saying, hey, I'm going to do a promotion, uh, do a con, and I don't even live here. I'm just doing this to get some money. Uh, it's not one of those. And by the way, you don't have to worry about it being a startup convention like some are. That's I, I'll be honest. I'm leery of those that have just started up. I know vendors are. I know artists are on some occasions because they just don't know how it's going to be ran, how it's going to be. There's no question how this is going to be. It's done very well. This is the sixth one. And a big thank you going out to Greg, the show promoter, for inviting the Riley and Kimmy show back to this big, fun event. So cosplayers, collectors, and just plain old nerds and geeks, please head to Mount Dora. If you're flying into Orlando for the weekend, this is conveniently located to Orlando. It's in between Orlando and Daytona Beach, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And you can get to it very easily right off of like I-4 and take a turn and you're there. Yep it's a little bit of a drive-off i-4 but not much a little bit i and but i get, very scenic yeah it is extremely it's beautiful it's mm-hmm. gorgeous it's a beautiful mount dora and gps will get you there it got us there last time so i know it'll get you there mm-hmm. now kimmy i have a question for you on this september 27th would you like to play nerd and pop culture geek trivia oh you know it <laughs> Here we go, Kimmy. We're going to test your knowledge on some things pop culture. No mathematics, I guarantee that. No geometry, no geology. No genealogy either. Uh, We'll keep it simple to you here on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. And here we go. It's September 27th. Moving over to the Almanac. It was on this date in history, 1954. Pay attention here, Kimmy. I hope you've paid attention in the past. I've talked about this. This is kind of a quiz for you. Have you paid attention to the Riley and Kimmy show in the past, or did you snooze when we? T- I have talked about this? Let's find out. It was on this date, 1954. The Tonight Show made its debut. Tell me the network, and then tell me who that original host of The Tonight Show was, the very first host of The Tonight Show. NBC? That's correct. Jack Parr? Wrong. Jack Parr replaced this person. Kimmy has not paid attention to the Riley and Kimmy show. I said that this is, he's a madman. And to me, I would love to have met him. I found him very entertaining when he would come on the Tonight Show years later and other shows as well. Multi-talented. Actor, has starred in things, played in the Glenn Miller story. But that's not something that really stands out. Also a musician. He could improvise and create songs just out of nowhere. Comedian as well. Multi-talented. Can you tell me who he is? Steve Ooh, she's getting there. She's there. Steve. His last name's a first name.
5: Oh, it's right there.
2: You can do it. Come on. Mm-hmm. Look pull the tongue out. Go. <laughs> look at the tongue. Come on. Pull. What's it. what's
5: it
0: start with?
2: The first letter in the alphabet. Steve Allen. That's right. Steve Allen it is. He was the original host of The Tonight Show in 1954, and he was known for doing man-on-the-street interviews way back then, and uh, very cool. I've seen clips of it. No, I was not around for that. For those who listen to The Riley and Kimmy Show that do remember it when it first aired, boy, you are old. But thank you for listening. You know, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. Actually, uh, somebody, a relative of mine does remember that, and boy, he is old, and he does listen to The Riley and Kimmy Show. Mm. Yeah, but he does, you know. He told me stories about this, and I saw the, those. Uh, I've seen clips of that. And actually, the person started me out in broadcasting, my mentor, who worked in Hollywood at one time, uh, did uh, did some work with Mister Allen, and he just raved about him and encouraged me to watch anything I could to devour, uh, because he was just great doing improv and you know, interviews, just out of nowhere, doing these man on the street, and some were more bogus and, and crazy gags, but some were real. He was dealing with some real wackos mm. it's, it's kind of cool so on this date give me 1970 the original amateur hour i do not remember this thing and matter of fact have uh, come across it it's rare to see clips the original amateur hour aired for the last time on cbs television it had been on tv for 22 years and it's one i don't really hear anybody talk about you know you hear about other shows and stuff like that. you even hear about gong show which wasn't on that much you know but that's one i that just don't really hear about It was 1973, United States Vice President Spiro Agnew said he would not resign after he pled no contest to a charge for tax evasion. But he did resign, October 10th of 1973. It was 1989, Columbia Pictures Entertainment agreed to a buyout from Sony Corporation for $3.4 billion. Moving over to Celebrity Birthdays, Kimmy, Jane Meadows, born on this date, died at the age of 95... In 2015 she was married to Steve Allen from 1954 until his death in 2000. This person having a birthday today, no longer with us. But here is some questions. Let's well not questions. Let's see if you can identify who it is by their pedigree, things they're known for. He's known for a role on radio. Would not get the role on television because he was not cosmetically appealing enough. He was known for Marshal Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke on radio from 1952 to 1961. He narrated the television adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle from 1959 to 1964, The Fugitive from 1963 to 67, and he found stardom as a detective in the TV series Canon in 1971 to 76, Nero Wolfe in 1981, and the legal drama Jake And the fat man from 1987 to 1992. Do you know who that birthday person is?
0: William Conrad?
2: That's correct. William Conrad. Now tell me, Kimmy, William Conrad, I'll tell you this much, passed away at the age of 73. You give me the year that he died. 1995? We will give you that. 1994 is when he passed away. All right. Uh, Just uh, a... Fantastic actor, underrated. Check out his film noir work, like in The Killers. It's uh, interesting to see him. Did you ever watch Canon, by the way? Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. like Canon? Mm hmm. One of the cool things about Canon, if you have a chance to watch it, they don't run it anymore on MeTV. They ran it for just a little bit. They brought it back, now it's like in, you know, in uh, the Phantom Zone. I don't, but I hope it does come back, is just to check out the fact that he's got this Lincoln, I think is the car, and he's got a mobile phone in it. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's kind of cool seeing that, you know, then you, mm-hmm. that phone. This person, known for the Mission Impossible, and he played my favorite character on Mission Impossible. I think he was in every single episode. He is one of the few that was. He and the guy who played the strong man were in, like, every single episode. You know, they're from the series one all the way through. Can you tell me who it is? He? Can you tell me this actor's name by chance? He played Barney, my favorite character. Actor, His son has played the Martian Manhunter on
4: Smallville.
2: Oh. Mm. Can you tell me who this is? He's one of my favorites. I know. Especially for TV. He was a cool cat on TV, meaning, I mean, he was just, he was so smart. And as a, as a kid, I loved to tinker and see how things worked and how to make things. He was MacGyver before MacGyver. Mm. He, he was the brains before Behind the Mission Impossible 4s.
0: I can see him, but I don't think I'm going to be able to bring you up his name can, can right now. Can you
2: bring it up when they pull up the characters here? They mm. throw his picture down. Remember mm-hmm. when they, When You remember when whoever mm-hmm. was the head of the, the team? Because it wasn't yeah. always uh, Mr. Graves, you know, who was the head of the, the team. You know, sometimes it was somebody else mm-hmm. that was the original guy mm. that was. It was Greg Morris. Greg Morris, who passed away at the age of 62 of brain cancer in 1996. Now, was he alive to see... The reboot of Mission Impossible, the first movie starring Tom Cruise. I want to say yes. He was. Now, he did see the movie, the first movie. He was brought in as a guest, and reports, and reports are that he disliked that movie so much, an opinion that was shared by most of the former co-stars, that he left the theater early. And according to the Associated Press, he said the movie, quote, it's an abomination, unquote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guess he didn't like that one. I think one of the reasons too he didn't like it is because if you will remember correctly, they turned um, uh, Mr. Phelps, Jim Phelps, into the villain in, in the movie, and mm. you didn't find out until the very like towards the very end of it. You remember that? Uh huh. And I think that's kind of maybe one of the things that upset him. And I kind of agree with that part. Yeah. I was a little bit upset with that part as well. This person having a birthday today, Can Kimmy. Tell me uh, how old he is. If you remember who he is. If you do not, I will. I will give you a pass on this. Wilford Brimley. Do you remember Wilford Brimley from Cocoon, Mm -hmm. also from the China Syndrome, The Mm -hmm. Thing, The Natural, also The Firm? That's where he really played a nasty guy. Remember Mm -hmm. The Firm? And he was also on a TV series with Shannon Doherty. Remember that? Mm. Yes, called Our House. It ran from 1986 to 1988. Can you tell me how old Wilford Brimley is today? Really? He's still with us. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he is. Um... Wilfred Brimley is still with us. 98. He, you should have used your your safe answer. He, 88? No, nah, it was closer. He's 82 today. No. He is 82 today. He's, Get out of here. If you look at some of the early works of him, he looked older than what he was. He, wow. And that's why, like, if you see the thing, you know, when he did the thing in 19, uh, what was it? 19, He's
5: always been a crotchety old guy.
2: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you go back. I mean, seriously, the China Syndrome in 1979, he, was, he looked older than what he was. And he played a character who had been working at the power plant for a long period of time with uh, who, Michael Douglas. No, well, Michael Douglas was in it, but who was the lead? Uh, Jack Lemmon. Jack Lemmon was the lead, oh. and he'd been working at the power plant with uh, Jack Lemmon for a long period of time. That's interesting. You remembered Michael Douglas, who had a uh, like a tertiary role, secondary role in that film, uh, compared to uh, Jack Lemmon, mm-hmm. who was you know big player but brimley does play a big role actually in the film too or storyline wise hmm. and he, he looked older then that's probably why he got that role as well so he's always played that that kind of guy yes he's 82 today moving over to somebody else who has a birthday today passed away in 2012 at the age of 75 can you tell me the tv show he hosted for a long period of time but he created it i have a feeling you watched it The person is Don Cornelius. Tell me the TV show. Don Cornelius created and hosted for a long period of time. Soul Train. That's right. Did you watch Soul Train? Sometimes. Yeah, he hosted that from 1971 to 1993. That's a Mm -hmm. long period of time. Randy Bachman of Bachman Turner Overdrive and the Guess Who. Having a birthday today. I will not ask Kimmy to tell me how old he is because she probably doesn't even know Bachman, Turner, Overdrive, do you? He is 73 today. And this one I will ask because I know you don't have him on your MP3 player, but you know who he is. That is the musician Meatloaf. How old is Meatloaf today? Mm. 68. Wow. You got it. He's 69. Oh. I'll give you that. Now, his. do you have his Bat Out of Hell album? No. You don't, but you're one of the few who does not. His Bat Out of Hell album has sold more than 43 million copies worldwide. Almost 40 years after its release, it still sells an estimated 200,000 copies annually and has stayed on the charts for over nine years, making it one of the best-selling albums of all time. Wow. And he's more popular over in Europe than in the United States. Okay. Have you ever seen him perform? No. All right. Somebody in the comic book world having a birthday today, Jim Shooter, celebrating a birthday, age 65. He started professionally in the comic book industry at the age of 14. Hmm. As a writer, also worked as a penciler and other parts of the art world. He's uh, most notable for his controversial run as Marvel Comics' ninth editor-in-chief, And his work as editor in chief of Valiant Comics. At the age of 14, Shooter began selling comics, selling stories, that is, to DC Comics, writing for both action comics and adventure comics, beginning with Adventure Comics 346 in 1966, and providing pencil breakdowns as well for that issue. Now, Shooter created several characters for the Legion of Superheroes, including Karate Kid. He also created the Superman villain, The Parasite, in Action Comics number 340 in 1966. How Jim Shooter and artist Kurt Swan devised the first race between the Flash and Superman. Iconic imagery, he created that in 19. Oh, let's see, 1967. Superman issue number 199. Shooter wrote the first issue of Captain Action in 1968, which is DC's first toy tie-in. He is a major importance in the world of comic books. He still does the convention scene and. Someday, maybe we'll get a story or two from somebody about him. He made some references in a previous interview. You can find that. Now that is with John Beatty. He talks about a love-hate relationship with Jim Shooter. They're now friends, but they weren't for a period of time. Kind of interesting. He kind of (laughs) refers to that in our previous interview. This person having a birthday today, can we see if you can identify who he is with some of these clues, All right, and then tell me how old he is. He is known for starring in the television series The Hardy Boys Mysteries from 1977 to 1979, breaking away in 1980 to 81, as well as having several hit records in the 1970s. In the 1980s, he had a three-month stint on the daytime soap opera General Hospital. Since the mid-1990s, he's worked exclusively as a writer-producer in television, creating a number of TV shows, Including American Gothic. Who is he? Sean Cassidy. How old is Sean Cassidy today? Hmm. 62? He is six, 62. Why? You can, see you got that six of them. He's 58 today. Okay. And did you have any of Sean Cassidy's records?
0: His records? I don't think so.
2: Didn't have the Duh, do run run? No. Did you have his posters? Out of Tiger Beat or
0: anything. I might have.
2: You did? You had a Sean, you had a, oh, you had a Sean mm. Cassidy up in the room. How about a Leif Garrett? No. But you had Sean Cassidy. Mm-hmm. So did you get, did you go get Tiger Beat or any of those kind uh-huh. of magazines? You did? Yeah. Because Sean Cassidy was in it sometimes? Sometimes. Did you watch the, what was it, the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew show, whatever they called it, yeah, because sometimes. of Sean Cassidy? Uh-huh. You, but not because of the other guy? No. John Casty was it? Uh-huh. Oh, jeez. All right, Gwyneth Paltrow having a birthday today. How old is Gwyneth Paltrow? Fifty five. Are you doing that to be mean? How old is, is Gwyneth Paltrow? What's
5: wrong with fifty five?
2: There's nothing wrong with fifty five, but there's no way she could be fifty five. You know she's not fifty five. I think. How you, old is she? I th- I'm surprised she didn't say eighty eight. Uh, eighty eight. No, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow just turned forty four. Oh. Boy, do you want her to come back as Pepper Potts in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh Uh-uh. Okay, Kimmy. Boy. All right, that uh, wraps up the Almanac for today. What we're going to do right now is go back in time to the golden age of radio and do a little tribute, a little honor to somebody who's known for their their work in the world of radio. And that's the Riley and Kimmy show. Whenever we have an excuse to go back in time to the golden age of radio, we take that excuse. Kimmy takes a big drink when we do that, too. Yeah, there she is. Kimmy. That is not me. Oh, that's Crypto in the studio uh, drinking out of the water bucket. (laughs) So we're going to go back in time right now to honor somebody whose birthday is today, and that's William Conrad. Now, you you know, we're going to do a Western here, and somebody might go, oh, Western, but it's major importance in the world of pop culture. And... I, I'm gonna. We're gonna play this for a couple of reasons. One, it is great to hear the 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 radio work, the acting of William Conrad. Fantastic storytelling too that was done on this uh, western, and it would go to television, and they would both run at the same time. Kimmy, there was a radio program and a TV show. Different stories though, and what's kind of interesting is they were both on at that same time. Yet the person who made the show famous, William Conrad, who made Gunsmoke famous did not get tapped for the TV role that's because they said you just don't quite look like what James R what, what you know Matt Dillon should look like originally that role was uh, offered to John Wayne John Wayne turned it down and it went to James Arness and the rest of that's history. Now I love the early years of Gunsmoke, the the hour versions that is not the half hour versions of the TV show. They're they're edgy. They they borrowed a lot from the radio series as well. So we're going to go back in time right now to this golden age of radio version of Gunsmoke. And we have William Conrad starring and it's from 1952 and it's called Never Pester Chester on the Riley and Kimmy show.
0: Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad, the story of the violence that moved west with young America, the story of a man who moved with it, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal.
3: Sure
6: is hot today, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. Used to get hotter in Sweetwater, though. Uh, Texas. Yes, sir. But I wasn't there very long. No. (laughs) What'd you do there, Chester? Oh, I was a salesman, Mr. Dillon. Salesman? (laughs) Well, what'd you sell? Lightning rods. Lightning? Oh. Well now they're good things to have, Mr. Dillon. Why I had a line of lightning. Well, now don't explain it to me, Chester. (laughs) Too hot. Well, I'll go get us some beer. Maybe that'll help.
7: I don't think I want any beer, Chester.
6: Well, then, why don't you just go take a C.S. Mr. Dillon? I'll stay here in the office. (laughs) Why don't you just leave me alone, huh? All right, Mr. Dillon.
3: Marshal.
7: Yeah, what do you want, Doc? A
3: couple of cowboys been feeling their liquor over at the Texas Trail.
7: That's what saloons are for, isn't
3: it? They were giving Kitty a bad time. Oh? She got rid of them now. But they're down at the end of Front Street now, making remarks and pestering the town ladies. It just might
8: lead to trouble.
7: Well, I'm not going to walk down there in this heat just to lecture a couple of hard-nosed cowboys. I'll go, Mr. Dillon. Oh, good, Chester. You go, huh? Just tell them to take it easy and leave the ladies alone. Yes, sir. I will, Mr. <laughs> Dillon.
9: To Texas. Real men down there. Not like these
8: short
9: grass Kansas. <laughs> all right,
6: boys. Now, that's enough. Uh, who's this? The preacher, maybe. That's
9: uh, yeah. Boys, yeah.
6: Marshal Dillon sent me down here. And
9: we're gonna send you right back, fella.
6: Mr. Dillon said you can have all the fun you
3: like but to leave the ladies alone. That's all dang trouble these Dodge ladies. They've been left alone too long.
9: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, what they need is a couple of big-handed Texas men. (laughs) (laughs) Look, now, now, (laughs) why don't you go over there to the Alphaganza? I'll buy you both a beer. You will, huh? Well, that's mighty thoughty of you, mister.
6: We just don't want
9: any trouble, that's all. Sure we don't. And I got an idea how we won't have any. Wait till I get on my horse here. Stay with our friend a minute, Trevor.
3: Hey, mister, Uh, I'll make a bet. What kind of bet? What do you mean? Any kind. You name it. Come on. Well, but I don't. I got him. He spilled his gun, Trevor. Pick it up and grab your horse. Get this rope off of me. Maybe it'll wear off, Mister. You're going for a ride. Drag him, Stobo. Drag him. Let's go.
8: Chester, Marshal.
3: What?
7: What? Who got Chester? A couple of cowboys. They wrote him and
8: dragged him out of town.
3: Come on. Well, Well, which way? West, I'm going with you.
8: Hurry. Come on. There they are, but they're not dragging anything. They must have cut him loose. There he is, by that safe brush.
7: Chester. Chester. Get that rope off his feet, Shiloh.
8: Look at him. He's bleeding all over the to ribbons. I'll stay with him, Marshal, if you'd like to... No,
7: Shiloh. Go get our horses up. Huh? I'm get him back to the dock right away. All right,
8: Marshal. Uh-huh. So, Mr.
7: Chester, I got you now. We'll be at the dock soon. Easy, Chester. Easy, fellow. Easy now.
8: I'll uh, carry him when you get tired, Marshal. I won't get tired, Shiloh. Not for a long time. Well, Doc?
3: He's in bad shape, Marshal. The worst is something's bothering his breathing. I don't know what it is. We'll just have to wait and see if it goes away. If he lives the next few days, he'll pull through. Oh, Doc. I,
9: but... I know, I
3: know, I know. But I'll stay right here with him.
7: Why did I have to send him? Why didn't I go?
3: Oh, and I don't blame myself, I Marcia. told him
7: to go, didn't I?
3: Yes, but...
7: Uh, doc, can I talk to him? No, no, Marshal, no. Not for a while. All right, then. Will, will you tell him this for me? I'm going after those men, I'm going to bring them back. Alive, or at least half alive. In the street outside, waves of heat move back and forth, making things seem unreal. Like Chester lying up there, docks. That seemed unreal somehow. I walked down to the jail and I went inside and I sat there for a while. And then all at once I got up and unbuckled my guns and I hung them on a peg behind the desk. And I went over to the Texas trail.
1: I'm over here, Matt. Sit down. Matt, I heard about Chester. How is he?
7: Doc doesn't know for sure. Oh. They were in here bothering you. Who were they, Kitty?
1: I never saw them before. One was a kind of weasel-faced man named Trevitt. And the other? Big man. Real brute. Named Stobo, I think.
7: I see. What outfit, they say?
1: Would it be the crow track?
7: Yeah. Yeah. Crow tracks holding a herd up the river. Thank you, Kitty.
1: Wait a minute, Matt. Yeah? No business of mine to ask, but where are your guns?
7: It would have been easier for Chester if they'd have shot him and killed him.
1: But I don't see... So I'm
7: not gonna shoot them. If Chester dies, I'll see him hanged. Otherwise...
1: Otherwise what, Matt?
7: I don't know. But I'm gonna bring him back and... and we'll wait and see.
1: You're taking an awful chance. Maybe. Oh, Matt. Please be careful.
7: Sure. Uh, Kitty. Yeah, Matt? Look in on Chester once in a while, will you? of
1: course I will. Don't worry about him.
7: Thank you, Kitty. So long.
8: Hey, uh, Marshal...
7: What is it, Shiloh? I'll
8: walk out with you. M- Marshal, I want to ride after those cowboys with
7: you. No, Shiloh, I'm going alone. But we could use you here at the jail. Here? I'm going to take two prisoners. I don't know when or how, but I need a jailer when they come in.
8: So I'll bring them in with you and then I'll... No. Be
7: the... That's something I have to do alone.
8: Marshal, you're a stubborn man, but... Okay, I'll do it.
7: Keys are in my desk. Uh, here's my horse. I'm going now.
8: Hey, uh, wait a minute, Marshal. You're not armed.
7: I know it, Shiloh. Goodbye. the trail boss here. Where is he?
5: Here I am. And I don't need any riders.
7: Maybe not, but you got two riders I need.
5: How's that? Just what do you want,
7: mister? That's the track outfit, isn't it?
5: That's right.
7: I'm looking for a couple of your men called Stobo and Trevor.
5: They ain't here, mister.
7: And where are they?
5: Well, they come back this afternoon, picked up the gatherings, and left. Didn't even wait to get paid off. I'm telling you, this just because they're no good, and I'm glad they're gone.
7: Which way'd they go?
5: I wouldn't tell you if I knew, mister. I
7: didn't think you would.
5: Who are you, anyway?
7: I'm a U.S. Marshal out of Dutch.
5: That's so? <laughs> well, I don't know what you want them for, and I don't care, but... How you gonna take him, Marshal? Put salt on her tail?
3: <laughs>
5: you ought to at least take a club if you're going after that Stobo. He's mean, he's big. Besides being a Texan.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs>
5: We've
7: hung Texans up here before, mister.
6: Marshal? Yeah. I heard Stobo and Trevitt say they were heading west, following the Arkansas.
7: Where are you from, son?
6: Texas? Near Waco,
7: and what are you sniveling around and forming on these men for?
6: That Stobo kicked me, knocked me down and kicked me.
7: All right, son, I'll ride along the Arkansas, but you ride back to Texas and learn how to fight your own battles. <laughs>
0: We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment, but first, the conventions start next Monday when the Republican Party takes over Chicago. CBS Radio's greatest reporting names and a core of technical experts manning mobile units and studios covering the convention floor and corridors are all set to bring you history as never before. Whatever happens, wherever it happens, you'll miss nothing when you tune in the conventions on CBS Radio starting next Monday. Now... The second act of Gunsmoke.
7: I cut straight down to the Arkansas and followed it west. I rode close to the water where I could use the sound of it for only my cover. After an hour or two, I spotted a hobbled horse alone. Stobo and Trepid must have separated I got down and followed the animal's tracks as best I could in the moonlight until I caught the dying coals of a campfire on the bank ahead. To one side, I could make out the huddled figure of a man asleep in his blanket. It took a long time to crawl to his head where I saw the weasel face of a man trepid. His gun belt lay on a saddle blanket in easy reach. I stood up and heaved it out into the river. And as Trevitt sat up with a snap, I kicked him back. Don't
3: shoot! Don't shoot! You.
7: you sit up again and I'll smash your skull, Trevitt. Don't kill me! Don't kill me! Shut up! Now, where's your rope?
3: <laughs>
7: I told you to lie down! Now, where's your rope?
3: Under my saddle there. Uh, you gonna lynch me?
7: No. But you may hang legally if you live that long. Now, keep your arms not blanket and lie still while I get you roped up here.
3: (coughs) Who are you, mister?
7: That'll do it. Let's just say I'm a good friend of a man you dragged out of Dodge this morning.
3: Stobo was in on that too. It was his idea. He did it.
7: Don't worry. I'll find Stobo.
3: You ain't gonna leave me like this? I'll be back. You ain't even carrying a gun.
7: Too bad for you, I'm not. Now, Trevor, I'm gonna throw you across my horse and tie you on. He'll take you under Dodge right to the jail. When you get there, tell Shiloh who you are if you can still talk. And he'll give you a nice clean cell.
3: You're the Marshal.
7: I'll be back when I find Stobo.
3: You can't do it, Marshal. I'll die in that son. Ride like that across a horse. No, no, listen. Stobo's about a mile upriver. We had a row and I left him. See, I told you, Marshal. Let me go now.
7: Trevor, how would you like to go to Dodge behind my horse with a rope around you? No, 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 no,
3: no, don't, no, don't, Marshal. Don't kill me.
7: I'll pack you on now. I tied Trevor across my horse and started him off in the direction of Dodge, and then I forgot about him. Dobo was next. I rode west on Trevitt's horse. Dawn was just breaking when I saw him crouched behind a campfire, cooking breakfast. His horse was saddled and stood nearby. I rode straight up, got down, and walked over.
9: You lost, stranger?
7: No. I'm not lost. Stobo.
9: No tricks, mister. I don't see your gun, but no tricks.
7: Relax, Stobo. I'm
9: unarmed. Who are you?
7: Matt Dillon. I'm a U.S. Marshal.
9: Out of Dodge. You're a long way from Dodge, Marshal.
7: Stobo, you and your pal had some fun with a friend of mine yesterday. You hurt him bad. Maybe you killed him.
9: You rode out here without a gun to tell me that? You're the craziest marshal I ever saw. (laughs) I'm going to shoot you, marshal, and bury you in the river. What do you think of that?
7: I expected you would. Huh? But unless you want it on your conscience that you refuse to feed a man on the trail, you better give me a piece of that pork first.
9: You're about the coolest man I ever saw, Marshal. Do I eat? (laughs) Sure you do. Sure. You just stand right there across the fire and don't move. I have to shoot you before you've been fed. I know. It's too bad I only got one dish for your last meal, Marshal.
7: A man can keep sassy on meat alone, (laughs) Stobo.
9: Yeah, he sure can. Well, looks about done. At least this here piece is. You
3: can't...
9: I'd
7: rather get your gun, Sobo, so don't try anything. you burn me. you burn me. Just a few coals. that won't hurt you. Now shut up and get on your horse. Oh, kill you
3: for this, Marshal. You can't hurt me like that. On your horse. Come on now. Get up there. Now you just
7: sit there, Sobo. I'm going to throw a noose around your neck, so keep your hands down. There, now. Now, you ride toward Dodge. And you do anything I don't like, and I'll jerk you off your horse and drag you the rest of the way. Now, ride. (laughs) Jail's on the left. You see it? I see it. All right, pull up.
8: Shiloh! Shiloh! Well, hello, Marshal. This other one? Yeah. Trevett, get here. More dead than alive, but he's here. That was rough, Marshal. Real rough.
7: Yeah. Shiloh. How about Chester? Tell me.
8: Doc ain't sure yet, but he's alive.
7: Lock Stovo up. I'm going over to Doc's.
8: All right, you get down. And walk straight, or I'll shoot you through both knees.
7: Chester was asleep, but the Doc let me take a look at him. It seemed to me he had more trouble breathing than before. But the Doc said another day might see him out of it. And There was nothing I could do. So I went up for a steak and some sleep, and the next morning I went back to the jail.
8: Morning, Marshal.
7: Everything all right, Shiloh?
8: Doc looked over your prisoners. Trevor's pretty sick yet, but Stobo's all right. Got a few burns, is all. Nothing could hurt that moose. A uh, hanging might. Sure, but what if Chester pulls through?
3: You can't homestead, Marshal. There's no law that says. I don't to...
7: like the sound of your voice, Trevor. But
3: you can't. Be hold... quiet.
7: You too, Stobo. Uh, Shut the door, Shiloh. I don't even want to look at
8: him. That Stobo's a mean one, but I feel kind of sorry for Trevor.
7: And go cry about it someplace else. I don't feel sorry.
8: Don't you take it out on me, Marshal. I didn't send Chester off to do my job. Are you? Yeah.
7: Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm sorry. Go get some breakfast, huh, Shiloh? Uh, I'll, I'll wait here now. Uh, I'll be back
3: later. Well, yeah. hello, Marshall.
7: Doc, what? Well, what is the doc coming?
3: <laughs> Chester, he's gonna be all right. You sure? Well, of course, Marshal. His breathing suddenly changed. The pressure's off somewhere. Oh, he's going to be fine. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> of course, he'll be in some pain for while yet. but. He...
7: Yeah. Yeah. All, all right, Doc. I'll, I'll come see him in a little while.
3: I'll tell him for you, Marshal.
7: All right, come on, Trevin. Where to? Come on, I said.
9: What's up, Marsh?
7: I'll be back for you, Stobo. Now get going.
3: Come on. It was Stobo, did he? Not me. You, you can't do anything to me. Shut up.
7: Trevitt, your horse is down at the National. Go get on it.
3: He's turning me loose?
7: Get your horse and ride, and don't ever come back to Dodge. Not while I'm alive. Now go on before I change my mind. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah sure, 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 I'll go.
7: You're next, Stobo.
9: what you do with Travis? Put a knife in him.
7: I turned him loose. Now come on, get out of that cell.
9: Am I free too? You
7: will be in a little while.
8: So, the doc, Marshal. Chester's. Hey, uh, where are you going with Stobo?
9: Going to shoot me in the back, probably. Is that right, Marshal? I'm going to do what I should have done
7: three days ago when I sent Chester after you. Bring him outside,
8: Shiloh. Let's go, Stobo. Slow and easy.
7: Bring him over here, Shiloh.
9: You're going to drag me. Is that it? You try that. That's now. what you do, isn't it, Stobo?
5: Don't try. Never mind.
7: Shiloh, hold my guns.
9: Here. What the? <laughs> oh, I get it. You're going to fight me, a well, marshal. You're crazier than I thought. Why, I'll tear your throat out.
7: If he wins, let him go,
9: Shire.
8: Maybe I will. I said
7: you'll let him go.
8: All right, Marshal, all right. Maybe you are crazy, but I guess this is your party.
9: Come on, Marshal. <laughs> I'll make it short for you. Real short.
8: Stand back, everybody. Get back, to you hear?
7: You're big, Stobo. But you're
9: stupid. You're ugly, stupid. Why, you!
8: guns shallow. He don't look too good, Marshal. I'd better get that doc.
7: He's hurt, but he isn't dead.
8: If he can't ride throw him on the
7: stage, we get him out of here. If I see him again, I'll shoot him. and a couple of hard-nosed
6: cowboys.
7: One in particular.
6: Oh, I I see. I'm sorry, Mr. Dillon. Those two sort of got the drop on me. Yeah, they sure did. Mr. Dillon? Yeah? I've been thinking... I'm not much help to you here. Maybe I better just. That's enough, Chester. Well, but I have been thinking. Well, about... just stop thinking. Yes, sir. Mr. Now look, Chester, I'm
7: gonna tell you something. I, uh I I need you here. You see, you're the only man in Dodge I can really trust. The only one.
6: Yes, sir. Well, you you can trust me, Mister Dillon. Yeah, and I, I, I know. And I'm thanking you, Chester. <laughs> but you you're
7: sure no help to me lying there, you know? No help at all. <laughs> well,
6: I, I don't aim to stay here long. The doc says I'll be up and around again.
8: Look,
7: uh, Chester, I, uh, I I tell you what, I I'll go get patched up, and then we'll make Kitty come over and. Fix us some steaks and we'll we'll have
6: some beer too, huh? Well, what do you say? My, that'd be fine, Mister Dillon. My, I'd sure like that.
0: Gunsmoke, transcribed under the direction of Norman Macdonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was especially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in tonight's cast were Paul Dubov, Lou Krugman, and Georgia Ellis, with Don Diamond, Gil Stratton, and Jack Crucian. Parley Bear is Chester, and Howard McNair is Doc. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Find archived podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.